Hey everyone, I'm Jen Alberg and welcome to the Key Academy podcast. The Key Academy is my coaching business where myself and coaches focus on health, performance, and longevity. I've spent the last 12 years coaching people how to optimize health and performance, and this podcast is an attempt to synthesize what I've learned over the years to help you live a higher quality or more fulfilling life. If you enjoy this content or have questions that you want covered, click the show notes to find out how to learn more from me. This is a follow-up from the last podcast that I did on supplements because I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into EPA and DHA, DHA, but only only if you wanted to listen because I I was going to get a little bit technical and I want to spare people from that if they don't want to listen to it, uh, which I, I completely understand. So let's uh, so I guess that's my disclaimer. It's so it's a little bit more sciencey than I, I will normally get into, but I, I think it's important if you want to know a little bit more about it. Uh, here's here's the information. So let's first get on the same playing field here with EPA and DHA. Uh, fats come in different chemical families, which I'm sure that you've all heard of, saturated, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, and they get further divided into omega-3, six, th- three sixes, and nines. Uh, the the quick and dirty, I guess, on, on the difference between the chemical families is this. Saturated fats are your lard and butter. They are long, single chains of carbons. They have single bonds between them, and these are solid at room temperature. So that's how you would identify them. Monounsaturated have the same carbon chain, but it has one double bond. So olive and canola oil would be in this category. And these are liquid at room temperature and get solid when cold. Polyunsaturated fats or PUFAs, as you might hear them, uh, have the same carbon chain with two to three double bonds. These oils are liquid in room temperature and refrigerated. Uh, In the polyunsaturated world, it's divided into two more categories, and those are the omega-6s and 3s. The number six and three are simply where the double bond is found in the carbon atom. This is the difference in not only the physical property of the the molecule, but but how your body enzymatically works through it as well. So your fish oil would be your omega-3s and your vegetable oil, safflower, corn oil are your omega-6s. Okay, so why does this matter? Why are you talking about it? Um... Uh, let's go back to the eighties where the, you know, just before the major fat phobia was starting to begin, it happened because even though the evidence wasn't great, the Senate decided that it was enough evidence to indicate that saturated fat was the artery clogger and reason for cardiovascular disease. Uh, they advised that we should all eat as low a fat of a diet as possible and it was that decision that posed the question for researchers that in if saturated fat does that, all these negative things to our arteries, then does polyunsaturated fat do the reverse? So the studies began, and they found that omega-6s helped reduce, yes, I said sixes, helped reduce total cholesterol. And I'd like to tell you how because, uh, only because I'm letting myself get technical in this one, so... Uh, hang with me. The mechanism that polyunsaturated fats lower cholesterol is com- complex, but the gist of it is this: that if you take omega sixes, you're replacing saturated fatty acids in the cellular membrane. So if you reduce 
the saturated fat intake, you're reducing the amount of saturated fat in the membrane. And that has an effect on the chemical um, balance and fluidity of the membrane. Inside the membrane are thousands of receptors. They're all proteins. And one of those receptors is the LDL receptor. That's the primary carrier of lip, uh, lipid cholesterol in your blood. Uh, you may know LDLs as the bad cholesterol. Uh, that, that receptor gets more efficient at removing LDL particles from the blood if you decrease your saturated fat intake. So all of that essentially lowers your total cholesterol. The, the claim back then was, wasn't all wrong. We should decrease to an extent, not eliminate, but decrease to an extent saturated fatty acids. And it, it does lower your cholesterol. But where the message got mixed, again, back then, is that they said remove all fats when really only saturated fatty acids should, be, should have been lowered, not mono and poly. But instead, it just said, like I said, reduce all fats, which then led to eating more sugar, which led to obesity in America, which led to more heart disease. I've got a whole podcast about that that I did earlier. Uh, EPA and DHA are the omega-3 fatty acids. EPA stands for uh, ecosa, which means 20, penta, which means 5, and then acid is the A. Uh, means it's a 20-carbon-5 molecule that, that's converted further by elongation and desaturation to a 22-carbon atom, 22-carbon-6 uh, molecule called DHA, which stands for dicosa 22-hexa-6 uh, acid. So EPA is converted to DHA, it, which is a one-way street. It doesn't get retro-converted. So all that said, we, we know that animal fats are solid at room temperature, and those raise cholesterol levels. And we know that vegetable oils and plant fats are liquid at room temperature, and those decrease cholesterol. So we have animal and vegetable, and then we've got solid and liquid. So if you could view like a two by two. So which, which is it that matters? Is it the animalness, meaning the non-vegetable and that it's an animal? Is it the animalness or is it the fact that it's a liquid that decreases the cholesterol levels? And so the, the, the unique, uniqueness of fish oil is that it comes from an animal yet is liquid. Well, it turns out that fish oil lowers, lowers cholesterol. So it's actually the liquidness not the animalness, meaning it's the, the physical property that is what mattered. So health benefits of EPA. EPA, uh, today's view is that it's heart healthy. It's a heart healthy oil. The EPA mechanisms, that it turns into metabolites that make blood become less sticky. So think aspirin. It's a blood thinner without the negative effects of aspirin. It's anti-inflammatory uh, by producing a series of resolvents that resolve inflammation. It also, when it comes into contact with the cellular, mem cellular membrane, it helps your metabolism run more smoothly because it makes the membrane more flexible and fluid, which ends up helping the enzymes in the cell to, to be more efficient and run more efficiently. There was a study called Reduce It. I can't remember why it was called that. Um, they're always an acronym for something, but uh, called Reduce It. It was a randomized controlled study that showed a 25% lowering of an uh, uh, infarction event. And it was pure EPA, uh, not EPA and DHA, but it was pure EPA, uh, showed that it worked better than statins. Now, that study's inclusion criteria were all regarding triglycerides. So if, if you have normal trigs, it may not have that same benefit. 
So how does EPA lower the the cardiac events? Well, it reduces your inflammation and it improves your heart rate variability, which is a marker of um, the autonomic nervous system's control over the heart. So that's EPA. DHA, health benefits of DHA, there there haven't really been any studies done on DHA only like EPA, like the reduced study of EPA, but studies that have, have looked at high doses of DHA and they're like mirror images. EPAs are resolvents and they resolve inflammation and DHAs are protectins, so it protects you from inflammation. So the benefits are fairly similar. They are uh, metabolites that will improve platelet function, decrease inflammatory cascades. And the big difference is that DHAs are, are probably more likely to lower triglycerides and raise HDLs than EPA is. Both very positive. I can't get out of here without explaining omega-6s um, because I, I, I personally have even done a dis- disservice to them um, as a fitness professional when I, when I started in this arena and be- before I had uh, more degrees in cellular metabolism. Um, I worked at a Globo gym that was, you know, was always trying to sell supplements. So we were told to say certain things to sell certain supplements, but we were told to say that everyone's omega-6 to 3 ratio is horrendous. You know, it's 400 to to 1 omega-6s to omega-3s. And it needs to be more in favor of omega-3s because omega-6s are bad because they're pro-inflammatory. So you need to buy this fish oil so that you don't fall over and die um, tomorrow or during a workout. And that's kind of what we were told to say so that we could sell more fish oil. And, and, while there's some truth to needing to increase their fish oil intake, um, I I used to give omega-6s a bad rep before just more schooling. Okay, so let's talk about omega-6s. So linoleic acid is your primary one, which comes from soybean and corn oil, and after desaturation becomes arachidonic acid. And somewhere along the lines, they've gotten a bad reputation. I think, I think the bad rep is because they are all labeled pro-inflammatory. And then the conversation basically stops. We, we just immediately don't want to have them in our bodies. But I, I think, I think it also became an issue. All omegas compete with the same receptor site. So consuming more omega-6s than omega-3s. So the pro-inflammatory would beat the anti-inflammatory to the receptor site. So I think that's why they got a bad rep. But linoleic acid levels and arachidonic levels, so those are two of the omega-6s in the blood, if elevated, lowered the risk of cardiac events, atherosclerosis, and lowered the risk of diabetes. So yeah, so the ratio of omega-3 to 6 is just silly since it it doesn't identify what the breakdown of the the 3s and 6s are. If there's more DHA uh, than EPA, or if there's more arachidonic acid than linoleic acid. So it just says 3s and 6s, and there are a lot of 3s and there are a lot of 6s. So um, I think it's just a silly, con- silly ratio to, to look at. But at the end of the day, if omega-6s are high and that's associated with the reduced risk of diabetes and heart disease, it's, it's a pretty powerful testimony to me that omega-6s are good. Uh, so I, I really did them a disservice when I used to speak about them, uh, but 6s aren't, aren't bad. We need to focus more, though, on bringing up the omega-3s instead of reducing the 6s to, to change that ratio. Okay, so... Uh, all that being said, consume a gram or so a day of EPA and DHA and do look at the ratio between them. There should be about a two or three to one ratio of EPA to DHA is what you're kind of looking for. 
onward to uh, I, th- I think where we're going to go next is we're going to talk about HRV, heart rate variability. Uh, I got a question about that, and I just want to break from talking about nutrition. <laughs> so um, we'll talk about training next. <laughs> 